We are screwed. So utterly, completely screwed. Just a small band of nitwits against the galaxy. Of course, no one listens to me. I'm just a Wookiee, and they think I'm all growls and grunts. I'm trying to warn them that we are in a load of trouble. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start at the beginning. Welcome to Star Wars Age of Rebellion. This is an RPG Storytime presentation of a campaign played over several years utilizing all three Star Wars role-playing books by Fantasy Flight Games. This is a grand campaign where everything you hear was decided by players in an epic-scale role-playing and strategy game, then turned into this production that tells the story one chapter at a time with occasional explanations of game mechanics. The episodes are shorter than most gaming podcasts because each session is summarized in the form of a story much like an audiobook. It begins with a small band of agents played by a few role players. As the rebel cell grows, more players are brought in to take on the roles of other operatives heading out on other missions and taking part in various battles. Every choice affects the direction of the story, both for the characters on the mission and for the overall story arc and the ultimate fate of the Juvex and Senex sectors is up to them. Today we begin with a Wookiee named Vresh on an important mission while the Battle of Hoth rages to its climax behind him. I had never seen the Imperial Walkers before, and I hope never to encounter them again. The Battle of Hoth was a terrible loss of life, the type of fight we rebels typically avoid. We usually prefer small hit-and-run tactics to all-out combat, but we had no choice. I personally saw very little of it. I was with a small team that was assembled to rescue a Bothan diplomat. His name is difficult to pronounce. Eshka Iristren, I believe is how you say it. Though most humans with their small minds prefer to call him Eshi. He is important because he knows the location of almost every rebel cell and their contacts in the outer and mid rims. If the Imperials were to capture him, it would spell doom for thousands, and possibly for the Rebellion itself. We have the unfortunate orders to either rescue him, or make sure he is not available to be captured. His last known location was not far from the Rebel base. He was with three others, though we do not know who they are. They too are to be rescued, or... I was chosen for the mission because I have scouting and other skills that will help us locate the missing team, even in this damnable cold and shifting snow. My traveling companions are Pukvakok, a Twilight Commando, and Crix Maddox, our intrepid human commander. I was able to follow our quarry's tauntaun tracks onto the hilly country behind the base. A couple miles on, we had to stop and take cover. We had stumbled upon not just one, not just two, but three Imperial probe droids. They appeared to be seeking out stragglers from the conflict, or perhaps someone like the ones we sought who may be somewhere out there in the tundra. Commander Maddox ordered us to take cover and wait. This was a fortuitous decision as two of the probe droids eventually wandered away, leaving us with only one with which to contend. However, Maddox was still cautious and had us wait until the remaining probe droid had drifted to the opposite side of the central hill. At that point, He and Pukvakok rushed to the rear slope of another hill so we would have the probe droid in a sort of crossfire. When the probe droid moved up to the top of the hill, we sprung our trap. Maddox and Pukvakok fired their laser weapons, while I fired my disruptor pistol. As Maddox had hoped, the probe droid was distracted with them and fired, 
hitting and wounding our commander. They took cover, and I fired, hitting the probe droid squarely and blowing it to smithereens. We found that the probe droid had been exploring a cave entrance that led into the hill, so the three of us investigated it, Commander Maddox lagging behind from his wound. Inside the ice cave, we discovered two directions from which to choose. Puckvacock chose the right and found it abandoned. I chose the left path and found two snowy beasts. Commander Maddox shot past me at one of them and missed. They set upon me. As I fought them with all my strength, Maddox again fired, and Puckvacock also joined in. Together they took down one of the ghastly beasts while I meleeed with the other. I was able to get the upper hand and brought it down. We continued with our leftward movement, passing through one corridor, then another, until we reached a chamber at the far end of the cave. There we rescued Eshka Eris Dren and his companion, someone that Puckvacock evidently recognized as he gasped upon seeing her. They were hung upside down, their feet stuck in the ice ceiling. I went to free them, but then their two captors, two large white beasts, ambushed us. My companions fired as quickly as they could, Maddox landing a solid hit, but not a killing blow. I was late firing as my hands had been distracted. We were all so terribly surprised that we missed. The frightful creatures charged. I grappled with one, but the other managed to surprise us from behind and trampled our commander. It then turned on Puckvacock. All seemed hopeless for the Twi'lek, but he bitch-slapped it with his shock gloves, bringing it down. Right on top of Commander Maddox, he had survived the creature's attack, but regrettably, not when it landed on top of him. After taking down the creature that had grappled with me, I dashed to the commander and pushed the large creature off of him. It was no use. He was deceased. When I returned to my companion, he was bringing down the two survivors from the ceiling, and so I helped him. Eshka Dren was in good health. His companion was a comely last Twi'lek named Valina Oniem, Eshka's scout who had been leading them when they were captured. Evidently, Puckvacock and she had grown up in the same village, and if it's not too bold for me to observe, I believe he may be fond of her. There had been two others, but they had been torn apart and eaten. The two survivors took us to where their weapons and equipment had been stored, and another one of the smaller beasts was inside. In a rage over the death of our leader, I charged the animal, though Puckvacock stole my kill by shooting it. I had half a mind to turn my rage upon him, but there was little time. We scooped up the equipment, as well as some prizes from others the animals had kidnapped and eaten, and we headed for the exit of the cave. And there, much to our chagrin, we were greeted by one of the probe droids. It had returned and was blocking our escape. We were, to put it mildly, completely screwed. But, much to our good fortune, one of the pilots from the extraction craft had come to meet us, and he surprised the probe droid from behind, blowing it up. We were, of course, grateful. However, once I got a good look at our deliverer, I almost preferred the probe droid. It was Huff Vassette, one of the two who have been nicknamed... The Duke Boys. Of all the pilots to deliver us from Hoth, it had to be the two most obnoxious, indiscreet minds in the galaxy. They even bore the rebel flag on top of their ship, the General Maydeen. Huff beckoned us to follow, and we hurried to his ship. His brother Duke, from whom they got their nickname, was honking the horn, which informed us as to where he was, but it also alerted anyone within a long earshot. This included a pair of ATSTs which appeared over a hill and began firing at us. 
We boarded the ship and were away in no time. Red cannon blasts firing by. The vessel then turned skyward and we were leaving the atmosphere into the stars. And straight into their blockade. This is what me and my brother live for. Someone else might be scared when they look down the pointy end of an Imperial Raider, but that's just the kind of adventure we live for. It's about time we see some action in this cold-ass region of space. Duke hopped on the quad laser cannons while I maneuvered through the debris of other ships that had tried to escape, and away from the Raiders' laser blasts, which did some damage to our shields. Soon enough, Duke had some targets. The fighters coming in fast. They did some more damage to our shields, and Duke took one of them out. Yee-haw! He shouted, and I shouted yee-haw back at him. The Wookiee also shouted something, which I'm going to assume also meant yee-haw. Duke tends to bring that kind of spirit out of people. Then something appeared in front of us. It looked like a bomber, but it was fatter and meaner. It had five chambers on it, all looked unfriendly-like. I had never seen anything like it, not in person and not in any rebel briefing. Duke said it looked like Boss Hogg back home. It was either face this guy or face the raider. So I faced the fatso. Duke fired at it, and I'll be hot damned if I didn't see it hit shields on the front that deflected the shot. It kept coming, playing chicken with us. Then it flinched, barrel rolling to its side, but leaving behind some kind of metal egg. I tried to dodge out of the way, but I ran right into it, setting off the bomb into our hull. Everyone was arguing over what we should do. The Wookiee was screaming a bunch, but no one understood what he was saying. Our quad laser took out the other TIE fighter, and I said good job to Duke, but he told me it was the other fellow who had taken the bottom laser. Puke V. Cock, I think he said his name was. Anyhow, we still had the Raider and the Super Bomber on our tail, and we were slowing down. All of a sudden, the Bothan pushed his way to the controls and set in coordinates, bypassing the Nava computer, which had been damaged when we got shot. I asked him what the deal was, and his assistant told me to punch it. I tried to argue with her, and she shouted me down, PUNCH IT! So I did, and we were off in hyperspace. After finally getting the dim-witted pilot to jump to hyperspace, we were safely away. My boss, the esteemed Eshka Iristrin, had the location of the mid and outer rim rebel cells memorized. We had noticed that the Nava computer had been damaged, so he set a course to the Zeluria system in the Juvex sector. It's the homeworld of the Zelurians, a neutral race of beings who are not aware that they are the hosts of a secret rebel cell. It was deep inside the woods, and Eshka Erlstrin directed the pilot to a clearing where he could land. The Wookiee was shouting something again, but none of us knew what he was saying, so we ignored him. The only part of the rebel base that showed above ground was a single camouflaged bunker. The rest was underground. We approached it cautiously in case there was trouble. It was odd that no one had sent us a message as we were landing, but they might be maintaining radio silence. Eshka Erestrin pushed in the secret code at the door and it opened, so we all went inside. The floor was a lift which took us to the basement. It was still quiet as a tomb. The lift door opened and we went through. There we split up, searching out the place. The room to the left, where my old friend Puckvacock and I went through, was just a barracks where empty bunks were left half-made. In the other direction, the Wookiee and Eshka Erestren found the briefing room and office. Again, it was empty. Huff, that pilot, went off recklessly in a different direction all on his own. He found the hangar with a Y-wing. Its pilot, a Duros, and a droid were near it. They didn't seem surprised that someone was coming in until they found it wasn't their people. He told Huff that his name was Doubly, 
to which the rude human giggled and said, Doubly the Duros? Doubly responded with what I thought was some admirable patience, explaining that the base's operatives were out on a mission and was late on returning. We waited for them to return, but they did not. After some time, I sliced into some Imperial communications, learning that they had recently captured a large team of rebels. Doubly identified them as the base operatives. That left the burden on our shoulders now to rebuild the rebellion in the Juvex sector. Just a small band of nitwits with a tiny base against the galaxy. That's how it feels, anyway. We were going to have to build this base up to take this sector out of the clutches of the Empire. It's a lot to digest. And yet it will be only one small step in bringing freedom to the galaxy. This has been an RPG Storytime presentation of Age of Rebellion. Join us next week to hear what happens next. If you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!